0: Welcome back to the 1-2 Kentucky Blue Podcast. I am your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, our episode is part two of the conversation that I was having with Coach Ryan DeVrent and Alicia Carrillo. Uh, Part one was about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the field of college strength and conditioning. And I felt like in part one, we focused a lot on the, the bad and the ugly and not so much on the good. In this episode, part two, we're focusing in on the good. We hope you enjoy our conversation. I feel like last time we had a good conversation about all the bad things that go along with being a collegiate strength and conditioning coach. And after we got done and got off the, uh, uh, the Zoom call, he and I were talking, we're like, man, we felt like we went pretty negative there because there are a lot of aspects of being in college athletics and specifically in strength and conditioning but there are a lot of good things. And as I was thinking about it, a lot of the good comes with the bad. Um, so specifically, we do have some flexibility in our schedule. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that ba- that's bad. Uh, the good comes with, you know, if I'm able to get all of my work done early in the morning, I don't have to stick around until five o'clock just because uh, that's part of my job description. I have to work to five every day. Sometimes if I'm able to get out a little bit early, I can. If I need to run some errands in the middle of the day and uh, because I have teams early in the morning and late at night and really nothing going on in those late morning, early afternoon times, I can get out of the office, get out of the weight room, go to the bank, run to the grocery store, get some errands done. And that's, that's, that, that flexibility is a positive at some time. Um, is there any other kind of good and bad situations that you guys thought of? Like, hey, sometimes this sucks being in collegiate athletics,
1: but then sometimes it can turn into a positive. Um, For me, I think it's like the vacation. So let's just say an ordinary worker, you know, is like, hey, they get their accrued vacation and they have, um, you know, four or five weeks of total vacation for an entire year. For us, it's like, you know, Hey, when we're done and we're done with finals week, when it comes to December, you know, we don't have to go back. Some of us don't have to go back, you know, for four weeks, but like that schedule is different for you Spurlock. where like, you know, your may is usually pretty low key. So you may get, Hey, you're going to come in, you know, a couple of days of the week, but then you get, you know, four or five days just to spend with your family. Um, I think the flexibility of the, our vacation is nice now to the other you know, end of that spectrum is we don't get the chance to like pick that vacation time, you know, like, hey, you know, Spurlock, I'm calling in, I'm taking a week vacation to next week, you know. Um, But I think just that freedom of knowing that you get probably a lot more vacation as a staff and as a strength conditioning department than the normal individual, you know.
0: And I think that comes back from the HR perspective of it, if somebody in the business office is sick, they have to use a sick day. We don't necessarily have to do that. Uh, I, Cause we don't have, I tell you, I've never taken a sick day where I've called in and said, uh, hey, hey guys, I'm not feeling very well today. I, 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 need to, uh, I need to use one of my sick days. That doesn't really happen with us. So we have that luxury of we're able to go into work, take care of a business. If we are sick, our staff is set up so people are able to cover for each other, which is good. Um, Creo, I would like to hear your perspective on it now that you're in the private sector on how that works um, from an HR standpoint. But at Kentucky, if something's going on, whether I'm sick, uh, one of the boys is sick, I need to cover something for Jordan. uh, We make sure that our student athletes and our teams are taken care of, but we don't necessarily have to do the the follow-up paperwork or the process of going through hr and um, worrying about whether we have enough sick days to you know take off work on this one day or anything like that but how does that work on your end career with with your job now
2: yeah so i mean it's going to be different everywhere obviously but with my job now it's it's pretty flexible um so you know, I have my clients who are essentially like my athletes and all the scheduling and everything happens between me and them privately. Um, you know, so it's what time works best for them. What time works best for me. We figure that out. If I can't make it, I let them know. Um, you know, there's always an option if I can reach out to another one of our coaches of, Hey, would, would you be able to take, um, so-and-so at this time, or would you want to, um, and we can coordinate it that way. If, if the client or athlete's comfortable, you know, working with another coach. Um, But yeah, not a lot of like paperwork. Um, I will say, you know, there's at at least in college athletics, one of the things I liked is, you know, the hours are a little bit more predictable just on like a week to week basis. So you always know like basketball is going to be in at this time, softball, whatever. Um, And you always know who's gonna be in the waiting room. Like it's Wednesday at, you know, 6 a.m. Okay, Dee's probably at Nutter Fieldhouse. He'll be back in Nutter at, you know, 8 a.m. So if I know an athlete wants to pop in or somebody wants to pop in, I know somebody's gonna be there and I can just easily confirm that. Um, So that's one of like the really great things of college strength and conditioning and just college athletics is that consistently or consistency sorry and just um having that team around you constantly that you know you know their schedule you know how um how their day-to-day operates and you could just count on them all the time
0: well let me ask you this d so we've been in this business for quite a while now and it hasn't been until the past uh, let's say three or four years when we have implemented the time management plan uh, that was brought down by the NCAA, where our coaches, uh, the sports staff, has to let the student athletes know at a certain time before the week starts when their practices are, when their lifting and conditioning sessions are. Do you feel like going back to Carrillo's point with with consistency? Has that helped? Um, your schedule at all in terms of knowing, okay, this is kind of set in stone because it's on their time management plan, it's on their calendars, or is that kind of still up in the air for you with the sports that you work with, like baseball? No, it's
1: looking ahead. I mean, um, it's helped a ton. I think having coaches in the past where you would get the schedule at nine o'clock that night and be like, okay, you couldn't schedule around any of it. Now having that schedule on a Sunday or a Monday depending on what the coach does, like on how they want to set up their seven days um, of being able to say, okay, hey, our coaches are sending the schedule, the the entire weekly schedule out on Sunday. You look at it and be like, okay, now I can tell Sarah, the boys, Hey, this is when I can be here for this. This is when I can't be here for that. And that communication has helped our family. Before I felt like it caused more headaches. with the family, not knowing, okay, hey, you get the text at nine o'clock. Well, can't go tomorrow to practice, um, to go see my kids play. So th- that has been awesome, you know, with the two the new time management piece.
0: Um, what was I gonna follow up with? The, you know, this is what I was gonna say. You know, we have some flexibility in our schedule, which is good and bad sometimes. And I often wonder if I could go to a job, whether it was working in a school district as like a PE teacher, because I ain't teaching math and I ain't teaching English, but I can teach gym class. Or if I was like working at a a bank where the hours were set from like eight to four, nine to five, I don't know if I would be able to do that. Like sometimes we work 16 hour days, but some days I work six hour days and I like that. Korea, I'll throw it to you first. Do you feel like you could get into a job that was set like a nine to five job? Could you get into that routine or
2: schedule? 100% no. Um, and I mean, it's like you just said, even like, yes, we might work 16 hour days, even, you know, whether that's pre- like private sector, or whatever, just strength and conditioning in general, but you can always maybe find time in there where you might go work out or, you know, run an errand or something. So there's that flexibility like I cannot imagine and I, you know, experience this now that I work with some general population clients where it's like they don't have time to work out except for, at you know, five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock or seven o'clock at night. And I just cannot imagine being, you know, contained to like that rigid of a schedule. And, you know, when I'm at my desk, I have to just be there for nine hours or whatever it is versus max like we really have the luxury of being able to maximize our time i i feel like
0: i agree d what do you think could you do a nine to five job
1: (laughs) no no not at all i think it would uh it would drive me up the walls like when we have like you know say an hour or two during the day like you just get away there's no like such thing as like a lunch break it's like you may take your lunch break at 10 30 or you may take your lunch break at 1 30 um, but you don't really have a time restraint on that like if you've got to run a couple errands where we live in georgetown and we're working in lexington and i've got to pick up something you know for myself or sarah or the boys like hey i'm just gonna run and go get it you know we're a nine to five job and you're not getting that luxury until afterwards when you're done at five and you got to meet rush hour traffic
0: i think I, I, when I picture myself doing a job and like I said, sometimes I can see myself as like a gym teacher and, but I would still have to work that set schedule, but I'm like, man, I could get the summers off and not do a darn thing. That sounds great. But I also think about, you know, something you've talked about D is possibly, if you weren't a strength coach, you would get into something like landscaping. And I had a a guy come out to the house uh, last week and he took down a tree for me. And I'm thinking about his job and I'm like he has to work as long as it takes him to get this tree down and that might take two hours that might take six hours but that's his job for that day and I could see myself doing something like that where kind of what uh, Carrillo mentioned was my I can maximize my productivity by how hard I work when I want to work and not set to Hey, I have to be at my desk or at my job from this time to this time, no matter if I get my work done in two hours or if it takes me eight hours. So I, if I wasn't in strength conditioning, I do feel like I would have to be in a job where I was given the flexibility that as soon as I got my stuff done, I was done. I didn't have to be there just to be there. Um, and even going thinking about our longer days when we are working 16 hour days, I think about a lot of the good is i'm talking to you guys and you guys are in the same attire we're wearing sweats shorts and t-shirts we don't have to dress up we look professional but it's not like we're sitting here in dress pants or a dress or a suit and a tie we get to be comfortable uh, and i think that's a that's a huge positive well, what are some other uh, positives that have you guys thought about since the last time we talked
1: well I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, for me is like my kids, you know, we're an athletic family that likes to get out and watch collegiate athletics. Um, and they get the chance to meet some of these student athletes when we are on campus, um, and to have that interaction. You know, I think that it's made my oldest a little bit more mature on having those adult conversations with our student athletes, like bringing them up to the field on the weekends. Um, and, and I think you know. Two is you know our benefits. Like I feel like we have really, really good benefits across the board for um, university, uh, where a lot of people don't get the benefits that we do. You know, for health or four hundred one k, we're very, very fortunate with uh, the benefits that the benefits that we're given. Um, but again, those are just a couple other things that I felt like when I was reflecting. You know, I am. I'm happy to work at the University of Kentucky because of those two things. You know, those are probably my two top things is, you know, people taking care of my kids, student athletes being around them, getting that interaction makes them be a little bit more mature mature when they grow up. And then, you know, just everything that we're given through 401k and healthcare.
0: And I think that's a huge thing that I often forget about, um, but it kind of, I, I didn't realize what a cool experience it is for our kids to be able to come to work with us until this pandemic hit, you and I went back to work, but we're not allowed any outside visitors into the facility where Colton, Kanan, and Will and Finn would be able to come to work with us, whether it's, you know, they had a day off school, but we were working or whatever the, I used to bring Will and Finn to uh, basketball practice every Saturday. And w- what a cool experience for them to be able to hang out with our student athletes, be able to see them, be able to watch a collegiate practice, whether it's a baseball, softball, basketball, volleyball, uh, and just like you said, have those interactions. And, and I would, say no other kids are able to have that experience except ours because of the job we have. Um, and that's something I, I don't, I overlooked quite a bit until it was taken away from us. Creo, what are some of your thoughts?
2: yeah i mean obviously just thinking about strength and conditioning like college strength and conditioning in general um there's no there's no better environment um like and you know there was no better place to you know, be able to show up every day have these athletes some of them who are going to be go on to be professional some of them who you get to work with and watch develop um and you know reach their full potential whatever that looks like for that athlete um, and you know, on top of that, the benefits of like you know the gear and the games and um, you know the prestige and and whatnot, like you know that was all great. And you know, just meeting meeting the athletes um, during that time in their lives where it is like a very developmental time, you know, 18 years old to 22, and getting to be a part of that experience. Um, and then just kind of comparing collegiate strength and conditioning to other you know, areas of strength and conditioning, I guess, private sector, high school, and such, um, the luxury of having a support staff around you is definitely something that I maybe took for granted. I think we did a really good job of using it at Kentucky, but I don't think I realized how much I appreciated it until I was out on my own. And so, you know, now it's like, if somebody has an injury, well, I don't send them down the hall to the athletic trainer. It's like, it's on me to kind of figure out how to navigate that. Um, you know, I have high school athletes. I don't really, you know, I ask them, well, what are you doing in practice? What are you doing in this? But, but like, I don't, you know, I can't walk across the court or street and talk to their sport coach about what's going on um, or what they have planned for the week. Um, you know, same thing with nutrition, you know, the mental aspect of it, all of it really, it's just like having that team around you, which Kentucky did a really good job of not just having, but also maximizing the usage of that team. Um, I definitely miss that.
0: <laughs> Let me ask you this, and Dee would agree with me, I think. We, when we used to run our CrossFit gym and work with general population people, the motivation of that group was always extremely high. They were coming in and working out with us at five o'clock in the morning, and As soon as they got going, they were energetic, they were motivated, Uh, we fed off their energy. So everybody that we trained was paying us to work out and their motivation was somewhat, sometimes much higher than some of our student athletes because our student athletes may be not as mature. Uh, There was no financial investment. Uh, They might necessarily not wanna work out at that specific time where the general pop people that were doing CrossFit workouts with us were always highly motivated. Are you seeing that with the the athletes you're working with now and the general pop people you're working with now, Carrillo?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think to an extent it's like, you know, when you're in this setting, everyone that's here is choosing to be here. Um, and nobody, I mean, yeah, you do get some parents that are probably, you know, influencing their kids more than, than others but as far as with gen pop like yeah they're all making the choice to show up to each workout they're choosing to come you know day after day and put in the work and they're paying for it and and they want to get their money towards it. so it's kind of like you know i've been thinking about a lot a lot lately it's just a lot of times i felt like even myself as an athlete you would go and you would show up and you would do things that weren't your sport and you wouldn't really like do them with your the, your full ability your full capacity give it all, give it your all you just did it you know because you had to be there and um, and so that's that's kind of like a difference is you know the people they want to be here and or they need to be here for their health so they put a little bit more value on it and bring a little bit more enthusiasm
0: i'm often shocked to see once we have a student athlete graduate their eligibility is done at kentucky and Uh, I'm following them on Instagram, and then it's a year later, the same athlete who was complaining about, you know, 7 a.m. workouts is on Instagram training or going to a a cycling class at 5 a.m. I'm like, where was that motivation when you were with us? (laughs) But sometimes it is that maturity and uh, that buy-in that just all of a sudden something clicks. And maybe they are in a job where they're working 9 to 5, and just like we were talking about earlier – there's no flexibility in their day that they, that's the only time they can work out if they, uh, if they don't want to go work out after they get done with a full eight hour work day. And, but that is something I often see and I'm often confused by uh, when that happens with some of our graduating athletes.
2: I think too, like, you know, post-college, and I'm sorry for all the acoustics in the background, (laughs) post-college, you know, in in college like your sport that was it like that was your workout you know and then everything else was supplemental when you got into the real world well the supplemental stuff the strength and conditioning that that is your main thing like that's your workout and so i think maybe that that switch has to flip at some point for some people it's a year after six months for some people it's five years after and for some people it's never Um, and i think that's one of the the challenges of you know graduating getting out into the real world
1: I think that's one thing. What were you going to say, D? It's funny you guys brought this conversation up because this morning I walked over to gymnastics to watch the conditioning test. And here walks in Katie Stewart and Molly Corth, And I asked them their opinion, you know, when they were standing there, I said, do you miss the sport of gymnastics? And they said, no, 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 no. Do you miss strength and conditioning? They said, yes, because we had somebody pushing us on a daily basis that was motiv- motivating us to change our bodies, you know, um each day day in and day out and I said what are you doing now and they said well we signed up for a spin class like I gotta go there at five you know I don't have anybody to push me there that's my own you know personal motivation she's like hi I have to run you know and I can't stand running you know I wish I was in the weight room doing cleans and back squat again um so that's another positive is like the impact that we made on those student athletes in the four years that they were here is like how much they appreciate it. Like Creo said, it could take a year. It could take three years. It could take five years, maybe 10, um, for them to actually hit them and say, dang, nobody's holding my hand anymore to, to push me to get to the level that I need to get. So it was really cool that you guys brought that up. Cause they walked in this morning. That's awesome. What's Molly doing now? Um, she's just staying here cause her boyfriend's still playing football uh, and she's just working out, going to school, um, trying to get her master's not enjoying classes right now. Uh, and then Katie uh, has been gone living in Georgia for two years and she came back this year to live with CJ. So um, she's trying to get a job here. She had a full-time job, gave up the full-time job to move here to be with CJ and now looking for a full-time job in Lexington. That's awesome. I can't
2: believe, I can't believe Molly has graduated. I feel like she was
0: a freshman yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yep. They grow up so fast. They grow up so I fast. Know. <laughs> and, and, you know, to Dee's point, that's one thing we try to emphasize. I think we could do probably a better job of it, but I remember it was one summer, and Creo, you remember this, when you got mugged, <laughs> walking downtown Lexington, and I was going to talk about this to our, our student athletes that stayed over the summer uh, prior to this happening, but, you know, the example I always give is Dee loves to hunt, and he has to stay physically active because he's got to hike to wherever he needs to hike to hunt. And if he does uh, harvest a deer, he's got to be able to take that, you know, 150, 200 pound animal, drag it back to his truck. And that's physically exhausting. But then also you want to be fit for life because there might be a situation where you're walking downtown Lexington in heels and somebody tries to mug you. And you're able to run them down, track them down, tackle them and try to get your stuff back. Um that is a story I still often tell some of our female student athletes, uh, especially right before they they graduate. Um, so they do continue to do something physically active after they're done with their sports. I
2: thought you were gonna say like, you know D likes to hunt and Carrillo likes to walk around downtown by herself at night so you have to be prepared for <laughs>
0: and heels and heels <laughs>
2: <laughs> No, but um, Yeah, it's just, I I do think like, yeah, one of the positives is having the opportunity and I wish maybe I had paid attention more or somebody had taught me a little bit more when I was an athlete in you know, the weight room of, hey, this isn't just like stuff that's going to make you better at your sport, but this is like stuff that you're going to probably want to and should be doing for the rest of your life. You know, maybe not like max power cleans I mean, or maybe, but, you know, strength training, like resistance training um and when Dee said that you know molly's doing spin class and katie's you know running and she hates it and i remember going through that after uh finishing with athletics of being like well shoot now i need to get in shape so i was like well i guess i'll be a runner and i was like i'll do a 5k and then it was like oh i'll do spin class i'll do yoga and it's like you're trying all these different things and really like the the answer was right there in front of you the whole time but just um I personally didn't really understand or place importance on it yet. And it's, it's a unique opportunity that um, we are able to, you know, teach these athletes that this is something that you're going to use for the rest of your life. This is not just to make you better at your sport.
0: Very true. Very true. Do you guys have any
1: more thoughts on the positive to our job? Those are the ones off the top of my mind, Spurlock. I just, I think that um, just seeing, I mean, honestly, like we work for, to win a national championship and a conference championship. And at the end of the day, like when you are winning that and you look back, you're like, man, all that hard work you put in, but you, you're getting a huge ring. You're, you're getting to see um, our student athletes achieve something that they've set out for themselves and for the team. But I think at the end of the day, like when you start reflecting on it, is like they're not going to have athletics. Some of those student athletes aren't going to move on and be a professional athlete. So what have you done as a strength coach to impact their lives to be a better man or woman um, down the road? And that's kind of how the way I look at it is like, well, in those four years, if they don't have the aspirations to be a professional athlete or just don't have the skill to be one, I need to make an impact on that man or woman to to develop into a professional career to be respectful, be genuine, be humble. Um, and that's super important to me. And knowing that, you know, when you get invited to a wedding, um, that you impacted those student athletes in a way um, that you'll never forget, you know, and they'll never forget. Uh, so that's one thing, if we're adding anything to the last the good things of strength conditioning that's probably my number one thing is seeing our student athletes move on to be very very successful and cam's not
0: with us today uh he didn't die but he just had something to come up at his work but he sent me some notes on the positive and you kind of hit the nail on the head d with his thoughts exactly is like we have a competitive environment We're, we're we're pushing our student athletes we're pushing each other too and then you're able to have an impact, uh, a direct impact on young people so they can better themselves as they go through their life after their four years of eligibility is done. Um, and most people, if you got a nine to five job, that's that's not really the case. Um, so that is a super cool aspect of what we get to do. Anything else guys, before we wrap up this episode? I appreciate I really like the snap. You You <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: That I just really like the snacks that uh, Monica and her staff was, <laughs> you know what, kind to <laughs> you think
0: about all the cool stuff we get, we get Nike gear, we get shoes, we get <laughs> shorts, We get t-shirts, we oh, get yeah. so much food, can't beat it, can't beat it, those, that's one of those little perks that, you know, if I forget my lunch one day, it's like, I, it doesn't matter, <laughs> I can just go into yeah. the food bar and grab whatever I want to grab, so that's super cool. But I appreciate you guys being on. I'm glad we were able to stay a little bit more positive, a lot more positive this go around. But okay. I think this will be a good, uh, uh, good follow-up to our, our first episode on the good, the bad, and ugly of college strength conditioning. Uh, if you guys have any, all of our listeners, if you have anything for our staffs, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at at UKY.edu. Thanks and go Cats.